Welcome to the Embrace Church podcast. We exist as a church to relentlessly reach the next person for Jesus. Wherever you're at today, we hope this message encourages you. Let's jump in. Hey, Embrace, it is so good to see all of you. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at all of our campuses, all of our network churches, to each and every one of you with us online. We are excited that you are with us, just overjoyed that you've decided to come and worship with us here today. Uh, Before we get into things, I want to give a quick update Uh, As many of you know, we are getting so close to launching our brand new campus of Embrace inside the Mike Durfee State Prison down in Springfield, South Dakota. And I just want to share several weeks back, uh, a part of the team from God Behind Bars flew in to do a training with our volunteers here. And that night was just awesome. It was an awesome night. There was just this excitement and uh, just energy in the room that was contagious. Our goal, though, going into this campus, our goal was to have 50 volunteers that would serve at the Durfee campus. Well, I'm excited to share. We now already have 55 fully committed volunteers who have said yes. I just want to take a moment to celebrate that. That is awesome. Awesome. I know that this can be way outside of some of our comfort zones serving in this way. And also, there's uh, more paperwork uh, and hoops to jump through to be able to serve in this area, this specific campus. And so again, uh, thank you so much. I can't put into words how excited we are. Uh, and also, just want to let you know, if you have friends or family that are currently at Mike Durfee, please begin to tell them about this new campus. We are so close. Begin to say, hey, I just want to let you know, uh, you need to check out my church. You need to check out out this this campus. As we launch uh, off uh, at the very beginning, this is the perfect time for them to come for the very first time. And, and, And just to share this, this is our heartbeat as a church. This is our why. This is why we do what we do, to relentlessly reach the next person for Jesus. And so whether it's the Durfee campus or one of our other campuses, that's our hope. That is our goal, okay? Uh, Well, years ago, when I first started Embrace, there was a young professional that had started coming, a single guy who was doing quite well for himself. And one day he randomly said to me, and it was kind of really off the cuff and kind of caught me by surprise. He said, hey, Adam, each week I come to Embrace and each time I'm here, I put a $20 bill into the offering plate. By the way, does anyone remember when we used to pass an offering plate? For those of you who weren't alive yet, years ago, when we walked to school uphill both ways, someone's grandmother must have donated a shiny bowl that we'd pass around and they'd call the thing an offering plate, okay? Moment of silence for the offering plate. <laughs> Seriously though, this, this guy, he said to me, each week I put a $20 bill into the offering plate and then he said, and you and I both know that's a joke, Based off of my my job, based off of what I do, and I'm a single person, you and I both know that $20 is a joke. Like, that's peanuts for me. And then he said this, and Adam, I'm tired of feeling bad about it, and so what should I do? I don't know what to do, Adam, so what should I do? Well, again, I was totally caught off guard in the moment. I was probably right around 25 years old, a rookie pastor. In the moment, I really didn't know what to say. In the moment when he asked the question, I really didn't have a clear 
answer for him. Now, let's just say it, money and generosity is awkward to talk about, right? Specifically in church. No kidding, as a pastor for years, I absolutely hated talking about money. And when I say hated, I would get like knots in my stomach leading up to that Sunday because I didn't want to have to share it. And why did I not want to share it? Because for years, I didn't like hearing a pastor talk about money myself. That's why. But for all of us, though, it seems like we all have a slightly different or a very different understanding of how God wants us to use our money, and more specifically, what it means to be generous. Like for some of us, we grew up in the church, and each week we saw our parents, like my friend, drop in a $5 bill into the offering plate. And for us, that was generosity. That was being generous. While others of us, we grew up in the church. And in order to become a member at that specific church, you actually needed to show and prove and verify that you were giving 10% of your income, and that for us was generosity. That was being generous. While for others of us, being generous, what comes to mind is dropping in some change around Christmas each year whenever we see the Red Salvation Army bucket, and that's that's being generous. Others of us being generous, it's giving $20 to someone in need. Others of us being generous, it's giving $50, $100 to a school fundraiser. Others of us, it's, it's giving $1,000, $5,000, $20,000 to an organization that helps with children. Lastly, for some of us, when we think about being generous, we think about other people. We think about rich people giving away a whole bunch of money, and as a result, they get a building named after them. Speaking of that, I've always felt like the A. Weber Premier Center. You call it the A. Web Center if you want to. I just feel like it has this beautiful ring to it. Lord, forgive me, okay? I feel like I need to ask for forgiveness. It does have a good ring, though. A. Web. Anyways, in light of all this, though, what is God's desire? What's, what's his heart? What's his hope when it comes to money, when it comes to being generous? Once again, money is awkward to talk about, right? Hear this, though. It isn't awkward at all for Jesus. Isn't awkward at all for Jesus. Jesus talked about money constantly. He talked about money all the time. And to be clear, he talked about it all the time, not because money is important to him. He talked about it all the time because he knows that money is really, 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 really important to us. At least it is to me. And I'm guessing it is for you. Friends, over the years, I have been asked so many questions about money to the point that I'm always shocked by the amount of honest questions and conversations that people ask me and have with me. Truly, for so many people, money is a place where they don't know what to do, and more than that, they're not even sure where to start. While there's other people who have a general idea of what to do, a general idea of what God's heart is, but they haven't started yet. And as a result, they have this inner angst. They have this inner turmoil whenever it comes to money. It's like they, I have a general idea of what I'm supposed to do with my money and what generosity means, but, but I just can't get over the hump. For me personally, wherever you are, When it comes to money and generosity and giving, just know that in this area in particular, there will be zero judgment from this fella. Why? Because money was one of the hardest areas of my life, if not the single hardest area of my life, for me to surrender and give over to God. But it's become one of the greatest sources of joy in my life. 
And to this day, I, I don't think I've ever met a truly generous person who didn't have joy. And I don't know about you, but I want more of that. I want more of joy in my life. I'm on a relentless pursuit of trying to find joy. And honestly, that's why, instead of just kind of gritting my teeth and and, and sharing this message, it's why I actually want to share it with all of you because of of the joy. So so today and next week, just to give you an idea where we're going, we're going to cover five truths, five truths when it comes to God's heart around money, five truths when it that will help us understand what it means to be generous. And just so we know, this is like one message over two weeks, okay? It's like part A and, and part B. Think of it like this. It's like Fast and the Furious part A. Actually, that analogy breaks down because there's like 35 Fast and the Furious, so disregard that. But friends, I really believe that these five truths can be game-changing for us. And when I say game-changing, game-changing for your life, game-changing for your relationship with Jesus. And if nothing else, though, today, my hope, I'll just share my hope as a pastor. Today, my hope is to share these five things. And in doing so, it will bring clarity to all of us in this area, to know God's heart, not mine, to know God's heart when it comes to money, so that you can know and then decide the next steps that God wants you to take. To be clear, it's your decision, not, not mine. I'm just called to share it. Okay? So when it comes to God's heart around money and generosity, here's the first truth I want us to hear. Trust God, not money. Again, when it comes to generosity, when it comes to God's heart with our finances and money, the first truth today, trust God, not money. A couple of months back this summer, I was talking with one of my closest friends. And when I say closest friends, I'm talking about one of my, one of my best friends um, who is stressing about money. He's currently taking some bigger steps at work, and he's feeling the stretch financially. And he just called me, and he just asked me, he said, hey, Adam, could you pray for me? Kind of consumed with worry right now about money. And so I said yes. And so over the phone, uh, we prayed. He prayed for, I prayed for him. He prayed for me. After we prayed, I, I, I was just curious, and I just asked him again. This is one of my best friends. I'm not just asking random people. One of my best friends, I said, can I just ask, during this time, why are you continuing to give money to God? Like, this makes no sense financially. Like, you, everybody would be like, yep, pass just for like two months, get through the business stuff, you'll be good to go. Like, why is giving to God so important to you? My friend, without hesitation, he said back to me, Adam, I give out of obedience, he was an emotion, emotional as they even told him, Adam, I give out of obedience to God. He said, God has told us to trust him with our lives, which includes our finances. My friend went on to tell me, he said, when I got my first job out of college, years ago, even though I had nothing, like zero, he said, as clear as day, I felt God challenging me to start giving. He said, Adam, since that time, I've never stopped, and God has always, always, always provided for me. And then he said this, and it just was powerful. He said, Adam, I don't just want to say that I trust God with my thoughts, and I don't want to just say that I trust God with my, my words. I want to trust him with my life, which includes my money. I don't want to just say it. I want to live it. Listen to these words from Paul. Paul says, teach people. 
not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable, their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Paul's saying, teach them. It can also translate to say, command them not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable or uncertain, but instead to trust in God. Again, listen to this, the God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Paul's saying, teach and command them not to trust in their their money. Money, it comes and goes. Money is not trustworthy. Money, it doesn't love you. It doesn't care about you. Instead, trust in God. Trust in him. Be obedient to the one who loves you and loves to richly give you all you need, even for your enjoyment. Friends, you and I, we can say that we trust God all day. And we can come to church and we can sing that we, we, we trust God and we can post on Facebook about trusting God and it can sound really, really beautiful with our words. We can even illegally spray paint on the side of a bridge that we trust in God. I would argue maybe pass on that last thing. But when we live this out, when we actually live out trusting God, what happens? It changes us. It changes us. When we live this out with our lives, specifically our finances, why our finances though? Because we, they're so important to us. When we, when we live this out specifically with our finances, it changes us. And we're communicating not just to God, but also to ourselves that we trust him, not our money. We're putting our, our trust, we're putting our future, we're putting our security, we're putting all that we are in him, in nothing and no one else. Once again, my, my best friend, why do you keep giving out of my give out of obedience? Give out of obedience to God to make it crystal clear that I'm trusting God, not my money. Okay, so that's the first truth. Secondly, when it comes to God's heart around, around money, around generosity, here's the second truth I want us to hear. For us, not from us. Again, when it comes to our money, when it comes to all our resources that we have, when it comes to being generous, God wants this for us, not from us. A month and a half ago, my second son, Wilson, got his very first job at Thunder Road, and uh, I was so proud of, of Wilson getting this job. And um, I don't want to brag, even as I say that, though I feel like I'm bragging. Um, I don't want to want to brag. I used to work at Thunder Road, too. <laughs> yeah. That's right. What I'm trying to say is my son's future's bright, okay? Like, uh, work at Thunder Road, you can go anywhere from here, okay? Like his career, up and to the right, okay? Be jealous. <laughs> love it. Dad jokes all day. Uh, but a month ago, Wilson got his very first paycheck, and he was pumped. I think he worked like a half of one week. He gets his paycheck, and it's like over $300. I'm like, holy crap, over $300? Fun fact, later that day, I might have went to thunderroad.com just to see if they're hiring a pastor, Okay. <laughs> I mean, you got to trust God, but you also got to pay the bills, you know, so it's like, maybe I, <laughs> the next day, though, I randomly said to Wilson, 
I said, hey, Wilson, this is kind of random. Um, I just want to encourage you to tithe from it. I just want to encourage you to give to God from it. And I thought for sure he'd bucket. I thought for sure he, he'd struggle with it. I thought for sure he'd say no, and it's his money, not mine. And so I can't force him to, to do it. But he immediately said back, can you show me how? My son Wilson, a man of few words, can you show me how? So we, we took out the computer and we, we talked about giving to God and what that means. And later the next day, he ended up tithing. Now, friends, I know this is obvious, but as a parent, I only want what's best for my kids. I'm like you. You start talking about my kids, Papa Bear comes out pretty quick. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say, if I don't fully believe in something, there's not a chance that I'm telling my son to do it. Not a chance. It's like, no, actually don't. Here's what I told Wilson. I said, Wilson, trusting God in this area is one of the best decisions you'll ever make, and I promise you'll never, ever regret it. I promise you. And I was honest with him. I said, sometimes it may not always be easy. Sometimes it's actually been brutal for mom and dad to, 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 to be faithful in this area. And it may not always make sense, but, but I promise you will never regret it. Wilson, God honors this. God sees this. It was one of those moments as a dad. I just, I just wanted to make it clear. It's like, like, son, this is one of those things that I really, really, really want you to hear. There's a few times where it's just like, I just really want to make you hear this. And basically what I was trying to say to my, my son is God wants this for you, not from you, Wilson. He wants this for you. Listen to something else that Paul tells us. Paul says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Then he goes on to say these, these next words, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Every good work. This is so powerful. Paul's saying that those who sow and give sparingly will reap sparingly, but those who sow and give generously will reap generously. And he's like, I know this doesn't make any sense, and yet this is how God responds when we trust him in this area. But then listen to this, this one part again. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves cheerful giver. Paul's saying, don't do this because you have to. Don't do this because you should. It's because it's what good Christians do. Don't do so with a terrible attitude. Don't even do so because you hear your pastor talk about it. No, again, God wants this for you, not from you. And so only give. Not because your pastor talks about it or because you feel guilty or whatever else. Only give out of a cheerful, cheerful heart. 
Back to my son, Wilson. The reason that I told him that day that this is one of the best decisions you'll ever make, he'll ever make, is because I know that God wants this for him, not from him. And I know that I know that I know that I know that those who, who sow and give sparingly will also reap sparingly, but those who give and sow generously will reap generously. And I know that if he starts this right now as a freshman in high school, he'll get to experience this his entire life. And I just be totally honest, I only wish I would have understood God's heart with this sooner. For the first five, ten years of following Jesus, it's like, Pastor, you can talk about anything, but please shut it with the whole money thing. That's 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 yours. Pastor, my parents went through bankruptcy. It deeply shaped me in not some good good ways. And so you can talk about everything, but maybe to stay away from from money. That was my heart for years. I only wish that I would have understood, Adam, I want this for you, not from you. Adam, have you ever thought that I want this so that you can be set free? Once again, for us, not from us. Okay, so that's the second truth. Here's the the third truth for today when it comes to God's heart around money and and generosity. The truth I want us to know is 90 is greater than 100. Again, when it comes to God's heart with generosity, when it comes to God's heart with our money, 90 is greater than 100. All throughout the scriptures, one of the principles that shows up over and over again, both in the Old Testament and the New, Jesus mentioned it as well, is a principle called a tithe. And the heart behind the tithe is that you'd bring your first tenth of all you made. You'd bring the first part of your income and you'd give it back to God. And so if you were a farmer, you'd take the first part of your crops. You'd take the first and best part of your harvest and you'd give it back to God as a way of trusting him, as a way of saying, God, I, I trust you with all that I am, God. I, 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 everything I have is yours. It's, it's all yours. And so I'm just giving, giving it back to you. Listen to these words from God. God says, bring the whole tithe, that first and best 10%, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. To be so clear, this is the only place in Scripture where God tells us to test him. God's saying, test me in this area. Tithe, bring your first and your best 10% and watch me open up the floodgates of heaven. Watch me pour out so many blessings you will not be able to store it. Years back, I'll never forget how a friend of mine explain this. A a, a man several years older, me, just someone that I I love and respect to this day, he said it this way. He said, Adam, the 90% always goes further than the 100. Or you can say it this way, 90 is greater than 100. And what my my friend was trying to say to me is that when we give back to God a 10th, when we honor him in this area, the 90 always goes further than the 100. Now, I'll say it for you. I'll say it for me as well. This makes no sense, right? Whenever I need a no sense, like uh, kind of like a test, I, I, I think about my son Anderson, a third grader. 
And so I can just see him sitting there listening right now, and he'd raise his hand and be like, okay, dad, pastor, this is awkward. I think I'm going to keep the 100, dad. You know, like the no nonsense, he'd be like, no, actually, this is great. Thanks for the Bible verses. I'm actually going to keep the 100. Why? Why, son? Well, because it's, it's more, dad. I'm a third grader, and I know this. But hear this, friends. It might appear to be less, but with the 90, when we give that 10, we, with the 90, you're actually making room. Room for who? Room for God. You're making room for God. And now it's no longer just us and it's no longer just based on what we can do. Instead, we've invited God into the equation. And God says, when you do this, I will throw open the floodgates of heaven. When you do this, God says, the 90 will go further. The 90 is greater than the 100. Why? God would say, because of me. Because of him. To be clear, God isn't a lottery ticket. He's not a lottery ticket. So by giving to God, it doesn't always mean more money. What it does mean, though, is that every time we do this, it does mean more joy and peace in our lives. What it does mean is every single time we grow closer to Jesus, every time God provides for us, every single time God multiplies our resources, every single time God works and moves in amazing ways through our lives in ways we can't begin to explain or comprehend. Friends, I'm to the point now after giving to God for over 18 years that I genuinely can't imagine not doing so. Like I literally would cut everything else before I didn't give back to God. When Becky and I started tithing, we were broke. I was a seminary student. We had nothing. We struggled to get groceries. And yet when we decided to put that first, it was game-changing for us. And why over the years have, have, have a, can we continue to do so? Because in my life, because in our lives, time and time and time and time and time again, the 90 has always been greater than the 100. Every single time. Okay, so just to sum up what we've covered so far today, when it comes to God's heart around money and generosity. First truth, trust God, not, not money. Secondly, God's heart when it comes to, to giving, it's for us, not from us. Lastly, when we trust God in this area, 90 goes further than 100. 90 is greater than 100. And next week, again, we're going to cover the last two truths. And I specifically want to say, if, if, any, if you are a person who is like passionate about making a difference with your life, if you're passionate about impact, come back next week. Next week is the part that I'm like, that is what lights a fire in my soul. But I want to go back to where we started today. I want to go back to my friend, my friend who told me, hey, Adam, each week I come to embrace, and each time I'm here, I drop a $20 bill in the offering plate, and you and I both know that's a joke, and I'm tired of feeling bad about it, and so, Adam, what should I do? What should I do, Adam? Maybe today you're asking the same question. It's like, okay, I, I hear these three truths about God's view on money and generosity. Where do I start? Where do I start, Adam? I'm all ears. I want to hear what you have to say about that. How do I get started? Well, today, I want to give you a picture. And this picture, it represents our journey of giving, our journey of generosity. And 
at some point in life, we all start at zero. Just like my, my son Wilson did a month or so ago, we all start at zero. And as we take this step from, from zero to 10%, this right here is the move of obedience. When we take this step from, from zero, again, we all start at, at, at some point, we all start at zero. When we take this step from zero to 10%, we make this move of o- obedience. Again, God tells us to bring our tithe, right? Our, our first and best 10% to him. And once again, this is the move of obedience. But friends, there's the second part. You see, the second part, when we, when we take the step from 10% to everything, this right here is the move of being generous. This right here is the move of of generosity. To be so clear, so often you and I, we think that when we give, whether it's $10 to this cause or $100 or $1,000 this need, which for some of us might be like three or 4%, we think that's being generous, but actually it's, it's actually being obedient. And again, this is not according to me. You don't wanna know what's according to me. According to God, he's like, no. That's the step of obedience, you see, The goal of God isn't 10%. The goal of God is for us to live a life of generosity. His heart isn't 10%. He's like, that's actually the beginning. That's actually the starting point. With all of this, from time to time, someone will ask me the question, and it's a great question, but Adam, isn't tithing an Old Testament thing? And Jesus really doesn't talk that much about tithing. My response kind of, sort of. My, my response is like, that's true. Jesus didn't talk much uh, about tithing. Like, I'll be honest, he didn't mention it very often. Why? Because for him, that was obedience. Instead, what did Jesus talk about? Over and over and over and over again, over and over again, he talked about this step of moving from 10 to everything. He talked about everything, giving all that we have to him, using all that we have to bring the kingdom of God here on earth. Again, his heart isn't 10. It's, it's everything. It's for us to be generous. Okay, so that's a lot, right? It's like I'm over, completely overwhelmed by all these things. Adam, again, that question, what should I do? Like, where do I get started? Well, today, I just want to share a few quick practical steps with this. And at this time, you're going to be getting one of these one of these envelopes at all campuses. You're going to be getting one of these. And this card, it just lays out the steps. And friends, uh, again, I'm just, I just want to say this as many times as I, I can. My hope today in sharing all of this is just to bring clarity. It's just to bring clarity when it comes to God's heart around money and generosity. That's my hope, nothing more. Just to say this loudly, if this is your first time at Embrace or you've been coming and you're still on the fence with us as a church, more than Embrace, you're still on the fence when it comes to God please, please, please feel free just to listen. Last night and first thing this morning, if you fall into either of those categories, you are the first person I prayed for. Just knowing again how jaded I've been in the past when it comes to money myself. If that's you, I hope you feel seen and loved and cared for. Just again, I give you full permission just to listen. The first step, though, if we want to start, you're like, Adam, I want to start. Like, tell me what to do. If we want to start giving back to God, the first step is to give something and give it consistently. Give, give something. Literally, give, give, give anything. And I don't even care where you give, like whether it's a church or a nonprofit. Just, just start. Well, how much money should I start with? Any amount. If it's new for you, one dollar. just start being generous. Literally, any amount to start giving. Give something and give it consistently. 
Whatever you're currently giving or you feel nudged to give, just give that every week. Just consistently be faithful. Honestly, the easiest way to be faithful and consistent when it comes to giving to God is through automatic giving. That's, that's what Becca and I do. In our family, we literally do everything else electronically. And so for us, it just makes sense. And it's not more or less spiritual. Instead, it's a, it's a way for us to just automatic giving, to be faithful and not have to wrestle with it every single time I get paid. So give something, give it consistently. And then the next step, grow to 10%. Grow to 10%. Keeping it super practical. How, how, do, you, how do you do this? Inside the envelope that you got, there's also a chart in there as well. And on the chart, just figure out what you're currently doing percentage-wise and then grow by 1% or 2%, 5% or more. Seriously, if you do nothing else today with that chart, based off your income, just figure out what you're currently given percentage-wise and then grow. Just a quick example, if you currently make $1,000 each week or maybe you get paid twice a month like I do, or maybe you get paid like my friend does, it's off a commission, you get paid sporadically. If you get paid $1,000 each week and you already give $10 each time you come, just give it consistently and you're already given 1%. That's awesome. Then grow to 2% and give $20. Give, grow, go to 50% and give $50. Again, figure out what you're currently giving and grow to 10 just a fun suggestion. This chart might be my favorite thing. Fun suggestion. Bring this chart home. Leave it next to your toilet. It'll give you something fun to do next time you're sitting on the throne, okay? Hopefully, just for the record, Jesus is on the throne in your life, okay? Sinners. Um, so anyways, I'll stop. Okay, I can go on for days. Okay, second step. Next step that we can take. Go to 10%. Go to 10%. And I'm going to be bold with, with this step. There's some of us here who we've maybe been given here or there, or we've been kind of even maybe given consistently. But today, this is the step you need to take. You've been a Jesus follower for five years, 20 years, 40 years, and this is a new, like, you're just kind of still on the fence. Go to 10%. Take this step of obedience. Tell God, God, I trust you more than my money. I trust that this is for me, not from me. I trust that this 90, you've told me, God, and you're good at your promises. I've, I trust that the 90 will go further than, one, than the 100. On that chart, figure out what 10% is for you and go for it. With this, probably the number one question I get is, Adam, but what if I'm giving to other places? What if I'm giving to nonprofits? You know, that, that might be a, a large amount. Should I stop giving to these other places? My response is always no Never stop giving to other places. No, continue to give to nonprofits. Beck and I do. We have several that are, we're passionate about. Continue to do that. Just figure out what you're currently giving to the church and grow in that. Again, the goal is generosity. The goal isn't some random number. It's not just 10%. The goal is generosity. So figure out and go to 10 when it comes to the church. Last step, be generous. Be generous. Again, this is that step beyond 10%. It's living a life of generosity. Once again, this isn't according to me. It's, it's according to God. And friends, as someone who is on that fourth step myself right now, this is where it gets exciting. I know for myself, I want to live a life of significance. I want to live a life of generosity in every sense of the word generosity. That's what I want to be true at the end of my life is that someone could say, man, I stand before God. He'd say, Adam, you were faithful with what I gave you. And so it's exciting, but it's also kind of scary. 
And for years, I'll just be honest, for me, the goal was 10%. I heard about it when I was more open to it. It's like, okay, that's the goal. I guess I can do that. But the closer I get to Jesus, I'm beginning to realize that's not the goal. That's just the starting point. Closer I get to Jesus, Jesus is constantly telling me and challenging me and inviting me, Adam, I want you to trust me more. Adam, I want you to take more steps of faith. And as a result, I want to open up the floodgates of heaven and your life. I want you to experience a joy that you can't even fathom. I want to move in your life in ways that you can't comprehend. Okay, so as we we close today, as I've shared numerous times, I just want to share it one more time. My hope, my my hope and prayer today was to bring clarity to God's heart with with money and giving. And now you have to decide the steps that God wants you to take. That's not between me and you. That's between God and you. Once again, if you're visiting today, please, 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 just feel free just to listen in. But for those of us who, who follow Jesus today, I would have one challenge, and it would be this. Fill out that card. Today, fill out that, that card. And so that card has those four top options. I just challenge you. What is it for you? What does that step look like for you? What are those four options? You're like, God, I'm going to go for it. Check one of those four boxes. And then if you're like, I want to automate my giving, I know, again, for me, instead of having to every single time I get paid, have that tug of war with God, it's like, God, I want to make the decision one time. I wish I could automate other parts of my relationship with Jesus. Check that box. And then for those of you who are already giving 10%, you've taken that step of obedience. Amazing. Do you know how foreign that is to everything we're told as humans? Amazing. If you're joining us online right now, there will be a link in the comments. You can click and, and fill out the card there for all of us. So I just want to invite you to fill out the card as you leave at all campuses. We'll have baskets that you can drop them into. If you're like, hey, Adam, I actually need to talk with my significant other, or I might need to change some things in my budget. I might need to cancel a couple of things. Awesome. No, no problem at all. Take it home. I just encourage you, drop it in the mail in the next 24 or 48 hours so it doesn't get buried underneath the mountain on your kitchen counter. If you don't have that, I don't think you're really living, by the way, if you don't have a mountain on your kitchen counter. So do, do that. Last thing, though, if you're visiting and embrace today and you have another church home, um, my challenge, and this is like the greatest joy of everything I'm going to share today. If that's you, I want to encourage you to fill out this card and go back home to your church and begin to bless that church, begin to be faithful to that church body. Nothing would, would, would fill my cup up more than hearing you do that, that you would take a step and just begin to be faithful to your church home. But right now, I just want to give us like 10, 15 seconds just to fill this, this card out if you haven't already, uh, and then I'll close in prayer. Let's pray. Gracious Father, as I, as I did last night and first thing this morning, I pray for that person who's here and has just got a lot of baggage when it comes to money. Source of hurt, source of, of, of just a source of pain. And, and like me, a source of jadedness towards you, God. For years, I didn't want to hear anything from a pastor or even you. I pray for that person that they would feel so seen, so loved, so valued, so cared for. But God, I also pray for my brothers and sisters who are on this journey of following you, and we want more of you. 
We want more of your joy. We want to trust you even more. God, I pray for each and every one of us who are in that place that you would challenge us to be bold and step out in faith, that we would, we would trust you, not our money, that we would understand this is, this is for us, not, not from us, that we would take this step and then we would watch you open up the floodgates of heaven in our lives. Lord, thank you for being so patient with us. Thanks for pressing into some of the awkward parts of, of our lives because you, you love us so much. Um, Lord, we just, we just are grateful for you. We love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'd love to have you join us in person at one of our locations. You can find out more at imembrace.com.